0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, I welcome Michael Anderson, who is the co-founder of Framework Ventures, and he's going to talk about the mergers and acquisitions or partnerships and collaborations that are forming in the DeFi space. I also have other headlines. So stay tuned to today's Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody, today is Monday, December 14, 2020. Only in crypto. Only in crypto, can I step away for 2 days. Just 2 days. Bitcoin was going below 18,000, hanging out at 178, 179, and I come back and it's back up to 19,000. I don't even know what happened. How did this even work? What happened? I was I was hearing hundreds of million dollars being poured into Bitcoin from different banks or something or insurance companies and then i heard MicroStrategy is now instead of 400 million dollars of raised to buy bitcoin it was like 650 million dollars I, I don't i don't even know what's going to happen with this i don't even know what's going on but i'm going to give you the crypto prices and then i'm gonna get into our conversation with michael here's those crypto prices here comes the money
0: here we go money talk
1: i'm recording this at twelve fifty eastern standard time Bitcoin is, like I said, back over $19,000 at $19,117, up 6.2% from the last time I reported this on Friday. Ethereum, 58040 up 6.2% as well. Litecoin, 8056 up 12.4%. Now that's some gains. Chainlink, 1255 up 7.8%. And XRP slipping down 13.5% to 49.1 cents. We kind of expected this because the airdrop, everybody should have a little spark in their wallets. And now there's no reason to hold XRP. (laughs) So happy huddling, everybody. And we kind of expected that out of XRP. Top 10 cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Tether, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Chainlink, Cardano, Binance, and Polkadot slip into number 10. Total market cap for all cryptocurrency is $558.9 billion, with a BTC dominance of 63.5%. And really quick, if you didn't hear it last week, the winners of our Binance.us hoodies are Floating 2020, Patrick Eleven, Stuart Henry, and Jay Taylor Henry. Please. Send me an email, Aaron at decryptmedia.com or Aaron at decrypt.co. Both are the same. Send me an email. Say, hey, I won the hoodie and send me your address and I will ship those out to you. And in our first conversation today, we're going to talk to Michael Anderson, co-founder of Framework Ventures, collaborations and partnerships in the DeFi space. You know, I just looked at your bio and it said co-founder of Framework. What is Framework? Let me know what's going on with that, man.
0: Yeah. So Framework Ventures is a venture fund and we invest uh, particularly in DeFi protocols. Uh, We take a little bit of a different model where we are very active in the investments that we make. And we have uh, a management company where we're actually building software alongside the founders and core protocol teams that we invest in.
1: And you know what? We're we're here because of DeFi mergers and acquisitions. You say that there's going to be more collaboration around DeFi models. What does that mean? How is it looking for crypto? And how are you involved?
0: I think one thing that's really interesting about the DeFi space and and as it relates to mergers or acquisitions or collaborations, partnerships, however we want to call it, um, is just the fact that composability is what enables this more so than any other industry in the entire world. Um, And what we've seen in traditional models of one company merging or buying another company, uh, that's a pretty onerous process. And what we're now seeing with composable protocols is that uh, the different layers of the stack can be built on top of each other to, together or in collaboration in some way, shape or form, either economically or from a software perspective. Uh, and, and that's really the, the huge winner here is composability. Uh, and that's also what we believe is the power of decentralized finance the fact that you can have seven people working on Uniswap uh, building on top of Ethereum and have over the last couple of months, more spot exchange volume than a centralized uh, player like Coinbase Pro. Uh, that power is evident, I think, just in that stat alone. And I think from composability and these collaborations, uh, we're going to see a lot more of that coming true.
1: You know, I have a kind of question about the, we call it collab slash partnership or aka merger and acquisition. Those are two completely different words how does a merger and acquisition an actual M&A work when it comes to a decentralized product that's scattered over you know country borders and how would that even work
0: totally uh you know Andre from from Wi-Fi had a really great post on this and i think the conclusion from the post was all of these things are interchangeable when it comes to the defi space and so maybe the right uh terminology is truly partnership or collaboration. Historically what a merger or acquisition means is that one company's equity is being combined with another company's equity. And because we don't have equity, uh, it's not the same thing here. And in all of these instances in particular with Wi-Fi and and the number of um, uh, announcements that they made over the last few weeks is that there's gonna be some sort of collaboration. And in some cases, there's a pass back of revenue. Uh, I think in most or all cases, there's some sharing of developer resources. But I think the biggest thing is the the unification of uh, things like total value locked, uh, using that as a core metric across all of these platforms coming together, uh, unification of the ideas that they're working on together, how these things fit together in the stack. It really bolsters the smaller projects that are that are integrated into Wi-Fi. And I think ultimately it'll bolster Wi-Fi as people start to realize that all of these products and features start to work together
1: we're talking a lot of inside baseball, a lot of shop here. I think bring it down for the average consumer. And the simple question is, why the hell should we care?
0: (laughs) Well, I think, uh, for instance, as a Cream user, um, there are a number of ways that Wi-Fi will be integrating with Cream. I think Cream will start to see a lot more spot exchange volume and and sort of the borrow lend capabilities uh, as Wi-Fi starts to use Cream. Uh, There's also a point to X uh, passback of revenue that cream uh, originates that goes back to the Wi Fi holders. And, and so there's both an economic relationship on, on both ends for cream holders as well as Wi Fi holders. But then there's also this understanding that everyone who's working on Wi-Fi, everyone who's working on CREAM are, are now under the same umbrella. And I think that unification and kind of marking to the rest of the industry that these, these uh, efforts are are in collaboration, in connection with each other, kind of cordons off a certain number of things uh, that we may see as working together. And you know, if you're a competitor to CREAM, now you have to worry about Wi-Fi. And, and that's a really big deal. Um, and if you're thinking about building something else, uh, that could integrate into Wi-Fi, that becomes a new avenue of growth for you. Uh, and, you know, as we saw with Cream and Sushi and, and Cover and all the other protocols that, that announce integrations, it really does help those initiatives uh, as you are maybe, you know, a, a middling or, or someone who's trying to break out and someone who's trying to get that growth uh, as, a, as one of these DeFi primitives. Uh, in a highly competitive market, uh, a great avenue to bootstrap that growth is to partner with Wi-Fi.
1: Michael Anderson, co-founder of Framework Ventures. Thank you very much for coming on the show, talking about mergers and acquisitions or collaborations and partnerships in the DeFi space. Awesome. Thank you. And in other news, hacker steals $8 million from Nexus Mutual CEO by remotely changing MetaMask. A hacker has remotely modified the MetaMask wallet used by Nexus CEO Hugh Karp. He changed a transaction to send the CEO's funds to his own wallet. The hacker has taken $8 million of Karp's funds. Vitalik Buterin said he sold half of his Bitcoin in 2013 to avoid going broke. The Ethereum co-founder is now worth $200 million. He disclosed this after putting out a tweet that says, Don't take out a personal loan to purchase Ethereum. And I'm going to say, don't take out a personal loan to purchase Ethereum. Don't do it. No credit cards, no personal loans. This is not financial advice. This is just life advice. Please, don't take out personal loans to purchase cryptocurrencies. Oh, J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan. How the headlines love J.P. Morgan. $600 billion could move into Bitcoin, says J.P. Morgan Strategist. Insurance companies and pension funds could invest $600 billion in Bitcoin over the next coming years. For that to happen, institutions in the U.S., the U.K., and Japan need to allocate just 1% of their funds into cryptocurrency. Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company set an example by recently buying $100 million worth of Bitcoin. This would be a very interesting to see all that money flow into the space. I am always skeptical of anything J.P. Morgan says because J.P. Morgan says a lot of rubbish. However, since Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company put that $100 million into Bitcoin, It's really nice to see that more companies are allocating some of their funds into cryptocurrencies. I think we owe Jack Dorsey and Michael Saylor a little bit of gratitude for pushing this along. Well, not only do we not know who Satoshi Nakamoto is, we also don't know where he is. He hasn't communicated in 10 years, and this weekend was the 10-year anniversary of him going dark. It was on December 12, 2010 that Bitcoin's anonymous creator posted for the final time on Bitcoin Talk Forum. And nobody's seen or heard from him since. And to be perfectly honest, it's probably really good that nobody knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is, because they'll probably get a really grilling from governments all around the world. They'll just pass him around from the U.S. to the U.K. to the E.U. to everywhere. Probably all asking the same thing, too. Can you turn off Bitcoin? And he's going to have to say, no, no, I actually cannot turn off Bitcoin. And finally, crypto space, crypto space, Bitcoiners, Bitcoiners, you never cease to amaze me that you find an opportunity to show Bitcoin. Google went down today, but Bitcoin stayed up. Google's largest services such as Gmail, Google Docs, and YouTube became unavailable across the world. As Google put it, something went wrong. We sent Google an email for comment, but apparently they couldn't access their emails. So there's that. It's okay, Google is back up. but it does highlight centralized to decentralized services. This would not happen with Bitcoin. This would not happen with a decentralized service. But a centralized service such as Google is prone to these kind of outages. Maybe there is hope for a decentralized future. As Ricardo Spagni, Fluffy Pony, said, Bitcoin fixes this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. I have nothing more to say. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy HODLing.